We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, America, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. When you're running your own business, you're bound to be busy. Too busy. Too busy worrying about your budget. Too busy scheduling appointments. Too busy to build a website for your business. And because you're too busy, it has to be easy. And that's where Wix.com comes in. With Wix.com, it's easy for you to create your stunning website. Go to Wix.com and create your website today. It's easy and free. That's Wix.com. Welcome to the Roto-Wire Fantasy Basketball Podcast, brought to you, as always, by DraftKings.com, the leader in daily fantasy sports. You can use that promo code ROTOHOOPS, that's R-O-T-O-H-O-O-P-S, when you deposit on DraftKings.com, that'll get you a free contest entry today. All right, it is Tuesday, January 19th, the year 2016, still the year 2016. It's just crazy that that never seems to switch. This is dragging um, on forever. Right, I know. We're 19 days in. Uh, Nick Whalen, joined as I always am on Tuesdays by RotoWire's DJ Trainer. Uh, we're going to talk a lot of just kind of grab bag NBA topics as normal, believe it or not. Uh, we'll touch on the big game from last night. The big games, I guess. I mean, I don't know if you stayed up and watched Rockets Clippers, but that ended up being a hell of a lot more entertaining than Cleveland Golden State did. We'll talk about those games. We'll preview uh, Spurs Warriors next week and, and talk a little Team USA. And of course, 
finish out with trivia. Uh, but before we get into any of that, just a reminder that the podcast and all of our RotoWire podcasts are available on iTunes, they're available on Stitcher, and they're available to stream and download directly from rotowire.com slash podcast. Of course, feel free to leave us a nice review on any of those platforms, especially iTunes. That helps us out quite a bit. Uh, so if you are so inclined, please do that. Um, but with that, let's get into it. Um, the big the big story, obviously, last night was Golden State trouncing the Cavaliers in Cleveland. I worked till 5. I was in the office till 5 o'clock last night. I even packed my gym bag, which I never do. I usually run home, you know, take my time, get changed, go to the gym after work. I even packed it, put it in the trunk. I was like, I, don't, I can't can't lose any time. I got to make sure I'm back by seven o'clock to watch this game. So played a little basketball, lifted a few weights, uh, set a few strength records at the, the UW, uh, <laughs> UW gym doing? here on what campus. Is, where, what is this podcast? What I'm saying right is now? I rushed and like planned my entire night to get home to watch this game. And it was over like two minutes in and it was totally not worth it. And I could have just stayed an extra hour at the gym and not been in a huge rush. All right, let's, let's dive straight into the conversation. Uh, Kevin Love was horrendous on defense last night, so much to the point where my buddy, a good buddy of mine um, who's a Cavs fan, was asking me what kind of trade value Kevin Love has because it doesn't seem like he has much value on this particular team being the Cleveland Cavaliers. I know you and me, Nick, have talked about, and not, not just us, but other people um, in the media scene have been wondering, you know, would a straight-up trade for Chris Paul make sense for Kyrie Irving? We were talking about that. But after last night's game, I think Kevin Love is obviously not performing as well as he could as an individual, but does he make sense on this team anymore? Can we over? Did he ever make sense? That's the question. And, right. and if we we don't want to be too reactionary to what happened last night, but I mean, this was an absolute beatdown, and it wasn't. It, it was partially Golden State hitting a ton of shots. I mean, they shot almost fifty percent from three, nineteen three pointers. Seemed like they were hitting everything, um, but at the same time, it. You know, there was that series with Miami and, and San Antonio a couple years ago in the finals, and Miami didn't necessarily play badly in that series. That was just San Antonio playing at their peak for five or six games, whatever it was. This was a, this was a combination of the Warriors playing really well, but Cleveland just playing terribly. And it starts with Kevin Love. Kyrie was awful in this game as well. He's been bad in a lot of big games like this, especially going up against other elite point guards. He just kind of seems to fade away I guess in those in these type of games and obviously he's still working back from from the knee injury and that that's going to be uh, a storyline really probably for the next couple of weeks but but still I mean these two guys LeBron wasn't great in this one either certainly don't want to exclude him but he's a guy that at least has a track record of you know not backing down from anyone playing well in just about any situation so he there's a bigger sample with LeBron where you don't want to pile on him as much because we've seen him play well in these scenarios but I mean if if Kevin Love could not have played worse and could not have really been exposed more uh, on a national level than he was last night. Oh, there are so many vines. Just go look for them. I mean, they are horrendous. I, I mean, that's one. I've never really felt on an NBA level that I maybe could have played better defense. And, he, and, <laughs> and just watching some of the things that he did last night were, were, were somewhat unbelievable. He's just out of – and he has been out of place on, on both ends of the court. He's just trying to fit in, and he's not really doing a good job of no. it. What I'm maybe more so concerned with, because Golden State isn't going to go out there and shoot 54, 54% every single time they play, especially over the course of a seven-game series. Um, what I'm concerned with is after the game, uh, LeBron is kind of hinting that, you know, essentially Love and Kyrie are inexperienced and that really hurts us. And then you have Love also nodding towards LeBron and saying it starts at the top with that guy over there and it goes down. And, of course, we can read into whatever we want. But this is still a talented team that can figure it out by the end of the season when they eventually could play Golden State in a seven-game series. 
I don't know. The off-the-court stuff and the not getting along obviously translate to on-the-court. That's what I'm more concerned with here more so than anything else, I would say. I, I don't read into those comments at all. I think it was pretty clear. The writer who tweeted those out, um, the quote was from Kevin Love that you touched on, you know, saying it starts with our leader here. I think initially that was one of those quotes that kind of caught fire on Twitter and everybody was speculating. And then the writer cleared it up and said, you know, you need context here. He wasn't, he didn't mean it like that. So I don't think that's the issue. I, I think this team's just overmatched. I, I mean, when you have to put Richard Jefferson on the floor and Jared Cunningham, who's mostly in the fourth quarter, you know, he's a reserve, but you're asking guys like Richard Jefferson, Anderson Verjao, Timothy Mozgov, who's been honestly arguably one of the worst big men in the entire league, one of the rotational, probably the worst rotational big man in the league this season. You having these guys, you know, as guys that you're leaning on in games like this, you just can't, you can't compete with Golden State because they're so deep. I mean, they, Andre Iguodala is killing you off the bench. He had 20 points in this one. Brandon Rush, Festus Azili, they just keep bringing guys at you and guys at you who don't, you know, who aren't negatives for them. And Cleveland, once you get beyond, uh, you know, this top tier of guys, they're so thin on the wing. And and I think that was really evident with Richard Jefferson. He's kind of the big one where he, this guy should not be in your rotation playing minutes, uh, you know, in these type of situations. But they they need to add depth at some point. And this is the type of game that. Had they had it been like the Christmas Day game where they're in it, you know, they just can't pull it out. That game was very reflective of the Spurs game to me, where, you know, it was it was close back and forth, but then you kind of knew maybe five six minutes left, you just felt like Golden State was going to win it. You can take that kind of loss, but a drubbing like this at home after all that went into it with the champagne comments and you know they're they're out there to exact revenge, and then you go out and lose by by thirty four on your home court. Um, if there's ever a one game sample that can maybe compel you to, to take a look at this roster and, and say, you know, the deadline's coming up in a, in a month, month and a half. We might have to do something here. I think it's a game like this. Uh, at what point do we say Tristan Thompson making $14 million a year this year, and then obviously by the end of his current contract, he'd be making eighteen? Do we say that, you know what, obviously he does some good things for you, um, especially in the playoffs. Um, however, we needed to share that wealth. And, and get some guys so we're not playing uh, Richard Jefferson, we're not playing James Jones and, and Cunningham whatsoever. Because $14 million this year, obviously it's going to change, can go a long way. I don't think Thompson is on the block whatsoever. I don't think, I think, I think Love would probably be more likely to be dealt than Tristan Thompson. One, because what other team wants that money? And two, Thompson's actually been good for them. I don't think they have a problem with him. He's been exactly what they expected. I well, mean, the line well, doesn't say that in this game, but he's he is what he is and then that's why they paid him to be that defensive guy and that rebounder and he's been very good I don't think they're upset with Thompson or need to to move him for any reason well you don't I mean you can still like his production but realize that the money they're spending on him doesn't live up to the contract in terms of getting guys on the wing that can help you out more so as an overall team production now don't get me wrong like I'm not I'm not trying to hate on Tristan Thompson I'm just saying it's a lot of money to allocate when there's clear needs all over the place that you could be spending it elsewhere yeah, that's. I mean, that's certainly true, and you can make you could make that argument that you could find a replacement level ish player. You know that that compares favorably to Tristan Thompson. You know, people in the offseason throughout, you know, Ed Davis, guys like that who were making significantly less and numbers. You know, pure numbers, raw numbers look similar. But I think they're fine with Thompson. I think I, I don't think they're going to look to necessarily make a big splash. But when you talk about a guy like Markeith Morris, who has been on the block for a month plus, you know, it, it, we know he's getting dealt at some point. Phoenix is sick of it. He's sick of it. I think there were reports a couple weeks ago, Chris Haynes, uh, Cleveland.com, plain dealer reporter, basically said that there are some in the organization, in the Cavs organization, that 
that think Markeith Morris would be a good addition, and there are some that don't know if it's worth the risk. I think, first of all, that report came out before the Spurs loss and before this game, obviously, on Monday night. So I think maybe some of those people in the organization, whether they're players or decision makers, upper management, that were a little bit bullish on the Markeith possibility. I think you look at a game like this and say, you know what, Markeith Morris might kill our locker room in the end, but it's worth the risk because we're not beating these teams unless we do something. I'm so glad you brought up Markeith because I, that's exactly where I was going to go. He seems like the most likely, you know, if you just want to switch it up, um, power forwards. What do you think Kevin Love's trade value is, though, on the whole? So I, I was talking about this with somebody else. Um, obviously, dumping the contract of Verizhou wouldn't be the worst thing at all possible if you could get Markeith and a second-round pick. Uh, or something the like that. deal that that's more concerning to me than the Thompson deal by by far that never should have been signed right 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 so so what if you could get Markeith a second round pick and uh for essentially love and dumping Verizhou is that something that seems within the realm of possibilities or are you looking at something like a Markeith and a first round pick just for Kevin Love because if well well here's the thing they're is not going to deal love for I mean you could get Markeith for less than that I know that's what I keep thinking but I I they're, I mean, you got to remember that the Suns have like no leverage here at That's, all. No, no, I, 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 I'm trying to think of that too. But I just, if if you're going to trade the players, what what pieces do, do they have they a trade exception have? from the Haywood deal? So Cleveland has a trade exception sitting out there that Marquis fits into. Oh, okay. so that's kind of that's kind of their their biggest chip, honestly, at this point, because obviously with that, you're basically handing them cap room rather than saying, hey, here's Anderson Verjao, he's broken his hair's terrible like he's just not very good anymore and you have to pay him you know so i think the trade exception is what they're looking at cleveland's not real rich in the draft pick department right now so maybe you have to attach something to it i don't i don't know i'm not a huge cap guy so i'm not sure how that would work out but i don't think that i don't think this is a scenario where they'd have to give up like kevin love or tristan thompson to get marquise morris Okay. Well, fair enough. Well, I think they would, yeah, he would be an addition to them rather than trying to shake things up and asking him to come in and you know be a thirty minute a night type of guy. All right. I see. I did. I didn't view that whatsoever. But I mean, it's it's certainly possible. I mean, who knows? But hmm. I just assumed it would be something like just trading the efforts of Marquis for Love. Just you're you're kind of giving up on Love and hoping to get somebody who can still extend the court as a stretch four, but gives you way more on the defensive end of things. Yeah, I think. I don't, I'm not saying they wouldn't consider trading Kevin Love because it's been a problem, you know. But at the same time, I think there's something to be said for, you know, having a little bit of loyalty here. You know, I mean, you just signed this guy to a, to a big extension. You want him to be a part of this. Like, at, at what point is the sample size, I guess, too small? You know, do you, do you, have, do you give him a playoff run with this team? you got to remember, he wasn't a part of this last year. Sure. And, you know, we, who knows? I mean, if he plays in that series, maybe he has a great series. Maybe he catches fire from deep, and, and they beat Golden State, and they finish him out at home, you know, in, in game six or whatever it was, and we're having a different talk. But I think, yeah, I, don't think, I just don't think they're ready to pull the plug yet. This isn't like last season when they were 19-19, and 19, like right before the All-Star break. I mean, this yeah. is still... The team has the third best record in the league. You know, it's like a loss like this looks really, really bad, like really bad, and it is really bad. But at the same time, there are 40 games left, and and there's a lot that can be sorted out. So you're stealing my thunder today because I was about to bring that up. The 19 and 19, we we so instantly forget that. I mean, compared if you compare that to this year, then they're performing incredibly well. I so I've said this the same line of thinking before. 
is that I actually think that this loss for the Cavaliers is essentially what they need going forward. They need to continually be motivated. We all kind of have penciled them in in the East, but they still need to find some kind of motivation that gets them in the gym, that gets them hustling the extra mile. I mean, Love right now, is his back is against the wall. Kyrie with these trade talks. All this stuff is good for the Cavaliers on the whole. I mean, I think a loss like this is... I mean, we can make the argument, but I honestly think that this loss and losing in this particular fashion is better than them in going out and beating the Warriors last night. I don't think so. I think this is a team that is a little bit... I don't want to say they're scared of the Warriors. I don't think that's the right word, and you know, I certainly don't think anybody on that team is just, you know scared of anybody. A lot of veterans on that team, but I think they're a little bit... I think LeBron, you can kind of tell by some of his comments, whether it was in the offseason, early in this season, just the way that he's kind of handled you know, this, this Cleveland team. Um, I think there's a little bit of a realization that you know, this all looked really good on paper going into last season. Um, you know, it was like, even if I don't win it this year, you know, we're going to have our shot. This is a great core. We're young. We're going to have five, six runs at a title for Cleveland. I think, you, I think LeBron and the rest of this team are starting to look at Golden State and think, how can we beat these guys? I mean, what are the, you know, their cap situation is great. They're so deep. They're mostly young. And, you know, their veteran pieces aren't Paul Pierce. You know, they're Andre Iguodala, who are early 30s type of guys. So I think there's something that's that would have been nice for them to go out and win this game handily at home and say, we can beat these guys. This is our last meeting with them this season. You know, they, I mean, they're not going to play again. Let, they might not play until the finals, and they're going to be coming off of a 34-point loss the last time they played them. You know, I, I think that there's, there's something to be said that they can beat them with this full squad because they haven't beat them with Kyrie and Love. Yeah, uh, we may just forever have different trains of thought on that because I, I think that you need to, like, you know, you need to put their poster up on the wall and sure. think about them every single day, and that's what's going to help you get to their level. I will agree that if and this isn't exactly the same point you made, but I think this is this would be better. This 34-point loss is better than losing by, like, eight. Right. I think losing big and having to really take a look at yourself and, getting and embarrassed say, right, nationally. Right. I think you have to use this as motivation, right? And I don't think LeBron's the type of player that's going to let this affect the team going forward, you know? And I, I think it makes you reevaluate yourself a little bit more. And, and like I said, I think it's, it might spur whatever it might take to, to shake up this roster a little bit because – this roster right now is good enough to get to the finals, but it's not good enough to beat. It's not good enough to beat San Antonio. It's not good enough to beat Golden State. Like the Cavs are Oklahoma City good. When we thought that they were maybe Golden State Spurs good, now they're firmly in that second tier. Uh, last thing I want to talk about it, uh, this game, only because I saw it pop up arguably for the first time this whole season um, when we were talking about how do you beat the Warriors, and I said, you know, you can say what you want, but one thing I haven't seen is. Why aren't we roughing up Curry? Why aren't we physically laying hands on <laughs> I mean, him and did, pushing him to did, the ground? LeBron, and LeBron did, that. did that last night, and, and Curry went off. But I think that, I mean, you're not obviously trying to physically injure him and take him out of the game, but I think if you ever get to the point where Curry becomes a little hesitant or a little afraid to pull up or drive to the hole, that's how you start to kind of you know put a wedge into the Warriors and start to pry away. Is you have to instill some sort of fear into Curry and, and do that. And I don't I don't think Green will ever be afraid of anything, but you could arguably do that with Curry. He's just I mean let's think about it. he's just a small guy that's going to get lambasted by big guys like LeBron. Yeah, I mean it's one of those things that's much easier said than done. Obviously, you know no, I it's think not. You, you literally mean? just like you're saying they should like flagrant follow him when he goes to the hole. Like, what are you implying? Well, I, I just think that you just got to get in his head. I mean, you're always continually you have it, your hands on him. You're always giving that extra nudge. I mean, I'm talking like 90s basketball here. I, you're I, gonna get called for. It. That's the thing. It's, it's okay. like you can do it. That's but okay. 
Is it though? Like, I don't know if you want to pick up like three fouls on Shumpert in the first half. You, you can only do so much. You know, the rules dictate now that you can't do those kind of things. And I think that's kind of how Cleveland got off to that nice start in the finals this last year. Was they slowed things down? They got Curry out of his rhythm, and you know that's where Delvadova really came in. And and I, is that like you think that's the way to beat them and you know try to try to slow things down and, and hound Curry with a guy like Delvadova? Yeah, I think it's a start because has anything else worked? Do you have any other? No, that's the thing is like you can't you can't play them at their own pace, right? Especially no if way. you're the Cavs. No if, yeah. if you're there are certain teams like you know the Clippers we've seen kind of go be able to go basket for basket, and even Houston I think lost to them by f- by five or six right. uh, recently. And like teams like that can do you know they're, maybe they're not going to have great success, but you know you can maybe pull off a win every now and then playing that, but. The contrast in style that Cleveland just doesn't have the personnel to play like that. Well, here's where it really comes into effect, and then we can move on because we spent a lot of time talking about this game, is that over the course of a seven-game series, if you do it in the first game, then that might stick in his head throughout the rest of the series. And so one game out of the season doesn't matter, but that particular tactic you know, might have lasting power over, over the course of seven games. It, it's just so, so tough. And it really, I really do think it is easy, you know, easier said than done because – I mean, teams have we have like a hundred plus games of Steph Curry being the best player in the league, and is it, you just like nobody's figured it out. Like nobody has figured it out. If you have somebody like a Kendrick Perkins, like a Meta World piece or something like that, or Della Vadova, who doesn't really care about upsetting the best player in the world and the most likable player in the why world, why did they, they do it last night? Curry went for thirty-two. Yeah, seven threes. Like I, I don't. I just don't think it's. You just can't do it. Okay, you can't do it. I don't know who. I mean, they tried Shumper. That didn't work. They tried Delhi. That didn't work. The play after LeBron shoved Curry to the floor, he came down and hit a pull up three. Yes, like I just, you like what can you do? No, it's just I crazy. Was, when LeBron pushed him, I got so excited and yeah. I was locked because I was, I was, I had been talking about this all year long, and in that instant, yes, I was wrong, but I still think that, I mean, I still think there's something there that should be kind of pried at and poked at and right. see, see if it's worth trying. If there is such a thing as. You know, you talk about it's in the NFL, for example, Carolina. You know, it was always like, you know, they need to get this loss out of the way so they don't do it in the finals. Like, if there's <laughs> if you want, if there's one positive thing you can take from this from Cleveland, it's you can't play this bad again. You know, you got your like really bad game out of the way, so sure. maybe there's that. I mean, this was the, the worst deficit that LeBron had ever faced in his career. I mean, and you really can't throw enough superlatives on how much of a beatdown this was. So. You know, I think there's nowhere to go but up if you're Cleveland. So if you want to look at it that way, there's that. But yeah, let's 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 move on to something else. Yeah, let's do it. Um, All Star Game. The voting was submitted uh, midnight last night. I, I was on the wire last night. Saw a lot of late night pushes. A um, lot, lot of clever Twitter. There was one great one. Uh, the Nuggets uh, posted Emmanuel Mudiay hashtag NBA vote, and the first comment was something like. Y'all actually serious that like nobody's voting any nuggets in whatsoever. But I mean it's just like oh the best part was it said intern, comma, nobody's gonna retweet this or something like that. Anyway, so All Star Game itself, do we need to change the format? Um, so I, I've written a few potential things that we could change. Let me lay them out and just get your takes on it because uh, it's just what we do every time this year. We talk about whether things need to be changed with the All-Star game. So the first one, uh, MLB style here, winner would get home court advantage in the finals. You're shaking your head no. I see you wrote no in the show notes. but It's, it's an all caps no. Let me put that in bold. No. what? No. I mean, this has worked out terribly for Major League Baseball, hasn't it? No, I th- like what fan is in favor. I of watch this? it every single year now because it's really interesting. I would, I don't know. I think if you're going to watch it, you're going to watch it either way. Like, was there really? And maybe I never paid that close of attention to baseball, but like, was there really that much of an issue with like teams not trying? I don't think there was. Well, and leagues need to be progressive, and I mean, 
every single sport that that exists today was progressive in their own right over the course of time, and so I think they're trying things new, trying new things out. Yeah, and it hasn't been a total disaster, I guess, for Major League Baseball. But you hear every year, it's it you know, players you know, say a team like uh, Kansas City, they won it this past year. That's a bad example because they had so many All Stars. But you know, sometimes there's a team that makes the World Series that might only have one or two All Stars. And you know, it, do you want it, let's say one of those All Stars is an ace pitcher? He pitches the first inning, and then it's like at the mercy well, of the rest me, of the league. Well, let me tell you, let me say it to the, you this way. Um, is it fair that the best overall record decides World Series advantage or NBA Final Series advantage? Yes. Win, win that you play your teams in your conference more so than you play in the NBA. So you're playing your teams in your own conference four times. The teams in the opposite conference, you're only playing them twice. So to say that they had, uh, you know, not the same level of competition is also an argument that could be inserted in place of this All Star winner takes the finals. Yeah, I mean that Especially is true. In MLB, it is true. Yeah, MLB is a little bit more drastic as far as well, yeah, how the schedule. Three, you play three other teams in the sure, league and there's some teams you just don't even play some years yeah. uh, interleague wise. So yeah, I mean in the NBA there is that there is the scheduling issue. You play some teams more than others, but to me that's far less of a factor than the All Star game. The Spurs are only going to get one All Star, and they could very well end up in the finals. Like, does that mean it's basically up to Kawhi Leonard to to make sure that the West gets it? I don't know. I I, I don't. Well, in I, theory, I think it's fine as is. In theory, Nobody's complaining. You don't know who's going to make the final, so it's not like you're you're putting it all on Kawhi's back. All right, you don't like it. I, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, I don't let's like move it. on because I think some of these are kind of interesting. Sure. Um, so another scenario: fans select two camp captains. You still have all this voting, and uh, NBA gets to be sponsored by Verizon and all that good stuff. And then the two captains select the team schoolyard pick'em style right before the game, and then they play a game. So basically the Pro Bowl, right? I think the Pro Bowl maybe does it the night before or a couple nights before. Yeah, well, you have two, you have two veterans. You have Deion Sanders and um, uh, Michael or Irvin who does it. But sure. in this case, you would just literally, you know, they would go through warm-ups and then they would line up and then you have the two most highly selected. So it would, it would be Kobe and LeBron this year or something like that would yeah. pick off their teams. Reversible um, jerseys, the whole nine So there's, this is – you're not limited to conferences, obviously. No, this is interconference. We're throwing everybody in a pot. Everybody still gets voted. You can do the coach voting, everything. It's just schoolyard pick them by sure. the two captains. Um, I, I I don't know. I think the the NBA All Star Game is pretty solid as is. To be honest, I don't think these are any of these are really necessary. This one, I would be fine with it. Um, the question I have is, would it affect the voting as far as would it be twelve players from the East, twelve players from the West, or would it just be like the top? 25 or 24 players regardless of conference like would this mean that you could get 18 players from the west and six from the east because um, conferences don't necessarily matter for the voting oh, yeah you know? i never thought of that that i would I, like that would make sense so that, yes. that would be fine if, you, if it helps you get the 24 best players in the game then sure yeah no in this particular format that would that would cater because there's that. i mean last year we were struggling you know demar Derozan's yes. getting in damian lillard's not getting in stuff like that yes. that got, that happens so you sh- yeah i'm on board with it if it means that some players that should be in are in and some players that shouldn't be in aren't in. All right, last scenario, and I think the NHL is actually moving towards uh, something like this this year. Um, So there are 24 players in the All-Star game. How about we divide them up into four teams of six? Um, You have a mini tournament all in one night, uh, and then you could potentially have four fan-elected captains who pick the teams right before the game, something like that. So a mini tournament where, you know, a 15-minute game, two 15-minute games back-to-back, then you have, like, I don't know, Beyonce come out and do a concert, and then you have the final after that. What do you think of that? 
Uh, well, I would say two chains probably instead of Beyonce would that, that helps me a lot more as far as as far as this goes. Um, yeah, I'm fine with it. I think I've been I've been pushing for more of a. I wouldn't want this to be the All Star game. I would want this to be uh, something that happens either after the rookie sophomore game on Friday or well, you. Okay, so you keep coming. What do you like about the All Star game right I just, now? I like it as is. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I think it's a great. What's attractive just, about it to you? Because I it mean, sells out every year. Well, it's corporate sponsorships. People packing the somewhat. House. I, I I don't know. I think it's I think it's just fine as is. It's it's competitive, but it's not too. It's like the perfect mix where they try hard for the final quarter. You get a bunch of great dunks and great plays for the first three quarters. Like it's it's just the perfect mix of trying and not trying and getting to see you know things that happen in games, guys throwing balls off the backboard, things that you wouldn't normally see. And I just don't think there's any like pressing need. I do like this idea as a as an All Star Saturday night or All Star Friday night uh, event where you would do maybe instead of uh, using the All Star team itself, you could pick any you know three on three tournament rather than five on five. So let's say you have a half court, you know you have six teams of three players, and it could be any three players. And that in this scenario, you'd have you'd have six captains, and they would pick the two players from around the league that they want. So you could you know LeBron's good friends with Chris Paul and Melo, maybe that's who he picks if they're available or. You know, does he pick Udonis Haslam and Mike Miller? I don't know. <laughs> so I think I think narrowing the teams and making it a little more of like a tournament bracket rather than just four teams would be cool. Um, even that one-on-one tournament, I think, would be really really cool. Oh, you have a big guys. No, it'll never. None of these things will ever happen. But a big man division and a little man division, and then the the best big man plays the best small <laughs> man. Like you tell me, you wouldn't watch Isaiah Thomas go one-on-one with Hassan Whiteside to oh. eleven. <laughs> I don't know what I that would look imagine. like necessarily, <laughs> yeah. but but it's like you know it's like oh Whiteside would dominate him. It's like yeah, but it, could he stay with Thomas out Thomas on the perimeter? Thomas would dribble through his legs and get to the rim so fast. If if, if you had to check it at the key, Thomas is running right. around him. And I don't know if it's make it take it. You know, we'll let the maybe we'll let two chains decide that. I guess um, the other thing with this, I don't think you can, you can't pick the teams right beforehand because you can't gamble on it then. Uh, Not that I'm necessarily gambling on it, but people would want to gamble on this. Can you imagine like? The well, odd, like just looking at the odds would be fun. So here's what you could do: you could have like a pregame special, and then you have an hour delay or something like that, where they warm up and kind of go over tactics and things. I mean, we could make it work. And I just what's, like what's wrong with picking the teams ahead of time? I think you almost need to do that. Maybe the day before you have like a, a whole separate event where you have the. I'm sure. just saying make that, that this make is, that like the halftime show of the rookie sophomore game or something. Exactly. Sure, that's fine. But I just think, like, if you're really thinking of this realistically, you know, you have to make sure guys are committed. You, you know, they can't if a guy's on vacation in Peru and gets the call from <laughs> from Lamarcus Aldridge to fly no. up to Toronto to, no, to play. No, you no, know, no. Like, so you have you, you still have your group of all stars that are selected one way or another. And oh, then so it would only be the all star pools. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it wouldn't just be random. Yeah, stuff like that is like, you know, are players going to want to give up their Friday night partying in Toronto to do this? Some would, some wouldn't. Like it would, it would be a requirement basically to play in this thing. Oh, I'm, I'm not, I'm not on your line of thought. I'm, I'm in the line of thought of switching the All Star Game altogether. So, so, th- so there in these scenarios, there's no All Star Game as we know it. Like these would be the All Star Game. This is the new All Star event okay. that happens on Saturday night, sure. February. 13th. I think, I think the All Star Game itself is fine. The three point shootout's fine. The dunk contests, we can, we can they tweak talk that, about that. They keep tweaking it too it. much. Like, yeah. And well, the problem is how many different types of dunks can you do over the course of history? And that's the problem. We're kind of running out of dunks. Well, I think we need trampolines or something. <sighs> Maybe. I don't know. Like the like the rim rocker people that the come Bucks out of games at, are at great. Corey. Yeah, they're pretty yeah, good. Yeah, they're great. They would definitely win the dunk contest. Well, I think the real thing that we're facing here is that there's only so much you can do with a ball and a 10-foot hoop. 
that hasn't already been done over the course of the, that's the ABA thing. dunk championship in 76 or whatever it was. Sure. that's you, you see guys like JaVale McGee brought out the two hoops and Dwight Howard threw the ball through the hoop while wearing a cape. There's there's like a, a Jeremy Evans painted a picture sure. of himself. Gerald Green blew out it. a cupcake. Like a lot of the like <laughs> a lot of the winning dunks from the last 10 years have just been average dunk with funny and or impressive like sideshow going on. Yeah. So yeah, and those aren't they're cool and briefly memorable, but when you think back and think of like the the biggest dunk contest dunks in history, there's Jordan from the free throw line, there's uh, is it Larry Nance that went two balls? Cedric Sabellis going reverse, rock the cradle. Julius Irving doing the same. Vince Carter's entire mm-hmm. 2000 dunk contest. It's not those kind of prop dunks. The Blake Griffin dunking over the car dunk. It was more of like a. I don't know what what the right word is. Well, it was, it was impressive. The, he jumped over the front of the car first of all. Sure. In 30 years, are is that going to be on like the 32nd? you know, montage that they play before the dunk contest. I don't know if it is. Who do you want to see in the dunk contest this year? Baron Davis. I want him to come out of the D league. <laughs> That's a good question though. We haven't, I haven't thought about this and yeah. this is usually at the front of my mind. I love the dunk contest. I think I'm, I seem to be the only person who cares about this stuff. We talk about it with Bucksketball and like, I'm the only one on the staff that cares at all. Like, those guys don't even watch all-star weekend. Like all-star weekend. It's great. Not Rotowire. I, I love all that junk it's too. It's the best. I, the skills competition. I'm all about that. That I would like to see. They should force big men to do it. Birdman, yes. Whiteside, Mozgov, Haslam, basically the entire Heat we roster. Keep coming back to Whiteside. Yeah, we really well, just we, want to embarrass we'll, him. I'm trying. I'm working on DVR to get a Whiteside podcast going. Mario Puig is very interested. <laughs> um, but dunk contest, just kind of cursory glance. This is my dream field if I had to pick pick yeah, four players so Levine Levine's it. a shoe in because he's the defending champion I think the defending champion should always be in it just because um Gerald Green I feel like he's, he's getting great. up there in age but he's he's still great. he's still doing things contest again Dreamfield LeBron just because yes part of me thinks that if the Cavaliers were having the season that the Warriors were having LeBron would do it I really think he would I think okay. right now he can't justify it because you know how does that look as you know, your hardcore, yeah. we got a, you know, lunch pail type of leader that he's mm-hmm. kind of turned into. You can't, you just can't do that. But if they were going into the all-star weekend with four losses and everything's going great and they're, remember what, 2009 Cleveland, they're posing for fake pictures before every game. Like, yeah. If that was kind of the atmosphere that was happening with this team, I think he would do it. But alas, that's not going to happen. Oh, it's tough. It's tough to You're run out so the field. ready to go. We did not prepare for this whatsoever, but you no, I'm telling you, I love I love the dunk contest. I wouldn't mind see, giving Giannis another shot. He was so bad in it last year, and that was so disappointing. But the way that he the way that he dunks just isn't contest. What he's not a contest dunker. He's an in game kind of impressive. Wow, he jumped from far away type of dunker. His yeah. body doesn't really lend itself to. So you just you just invented a new a new term to label somebody not a contest dunker. He's not. LeBron's not a contest dunker so either, say, necessarily. When you say not a contest dunker, do you mean they just don't have the personality to come up with things that would be flashy? Or no, it's he doesn't. Ha- he's like not physically able to do the things that Zach Levine does because he's too tall and too long. What the be- yeah? The best contest dunkers are between six so the, one and so like six seven. Some air underneath, right? And, it's a, it doesn't okay. look as if, like uh, Javale McGee's dunks were great, but he's seven feet tall, so it just doesn't look as cool. Aesthetically, I understand. Zach Levine is the ultimate contest dunker. Gerald Green, yes. guys who get okay. Giannis doesn't have a crazy vertical. It's just the combination of his vertical and his length that 
you know, that allow him to do some of the things that he does in games. It's the guys that have the DeRozan type of verticals, the, you know, Terrence Ross. I I understand what you're saying, but it came off very weird. This guy is too tall and too tall and too lanky. Durant's the same way. He'd be terrible in the dunk contest. Westbrook, I don't think would be that great either. Yeah. When Durant gets on a fast break and dunks it, it almost looks like he's dragging his toes as he, as he does. I I understand what you're saying. Any, any last, last second entries into this that you'd want to see? I don't, Mm. I don't. I love the Duncan contest, but I, I don't really have anybody that I'm dying to see in it again. I wonder if Azonia would do it. Seems oh, like he might do it. That guy's got a personality that he would own. That. Am I crazy or did John Wall win the dunk contest a couple years ago when oh, they had that, that was super the weird format? format? Where it was, yeah. That shouldn't count. Uh, he's another guy, not a great contest dunker, great in-game power dunker. Like to see that. Uh, no one else off the top of my head right now. We'll. We'll get back to that at some point when I have more time to prepare. I would like to see Kyle Korver, Sergey Karasev, Doug McDermott. In the three-point shootout? Uh, no, in the dunk contest. If we're going to have the big men do skills, I want to see dunk- yeah, Dirk, J.J. Barea. How about Where just the entire at? Mavericks? Dirk, Barea, Felton, and Zaza as the field. You gotta throw Who would some- win that? Dirk? Uh, Dirk? <sighs> well, Barea can't dunk. Yeah. I don't know. I think if you give him like a running start, <laughs> I so I went to the I went to the Milwaukee Dallas game last week, and they had Javale actually picked up JJ by the hips and had him dunk during pregames. Another thing that I haven't talked about is uh, there were late free throws in that game, and a few guys, and I'll name names. I think it was Javale McGee, Chandler Parsons. Oh, I can't think of the other two ones, and I don't want to oust anybody literally kind of yelled when the Milwaukee players were shooting free throws. So they would just go kind of like they would turn their heads and just start yelling right when they shot the free throws. I was like, I've never really seen an opposing team. Joe Kim Noah used to do that. Okay. But he's the only other guy I can think of that. It's, that's, that's not one of those, it's not illegal by any means, but it is one of those things that I think is just kind of Bush league, I guess. Is that the right term? Well, I, I think in my heart of hearts, I love it, but I was oh, just sure. so surprised to see it. It would be cool if the whole bench was yeah, going crazy. Like, yeah. And, I, yeah, I yeah. know your girlfriend, all that, all that kind of stuff. Right. I feel like they would have some personal things sure. they could say. Sure. I mean, Rashid always had the ball don't lie. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, nothing's going to top that, of course, but it only works when they hey, miss. Hey, man, Derek Fisher yelling at Matt Barnes during a crucial free throw at the end of the game off the bench, that could get interesting. Get violent. Matt Barnes would just drop the ball and dead sprint. I love that Gilbert Arenas, by the way, we're on this topic, that Gilbert Arenas was, of course, there when it happened and ready to report any and all he details. Was? Yeah, he, he gave an update, and you know, apparently Matt Barnes was chasing Fisher around the house, and his bodyguard was there calling yeah. 911. Arenas is just – basically he implied that he was just sitting there taking this all in. Yeah, so I also heard they were interviewing Barnes in the locker room, and, and you know they were kind of talking about it. And then Barnes said, like, oh, nothing's going to happen or something like that. And then in the background, Mario Chalmers and somebody else is like, yeah, nothing's going to happen because you beat his butt the first time around. <laughs> right. It's not that all, all that surprising that, that this is coming back up. You know, it's not a great look for the league when one of its players is beating up one of its coaches. <laughs> what, what, a weird, what a weird scenario. You know, some people count sheep before they go to bed. I count Derek Fisher's running away from Matt Barnes. One, two, 
Three. Anyways, I, we're we're off we're off track. Happily. Do you want to tell our our listeners about DraftKings.com, of the course. leader in daily fantasy sports? Of course I do. Nick, I play on there. You play on there. Everyone out here in this office, we all play. We love it. And of course, you listeners too can be a part of all the action this season at DraftKings.com, the official daily fantasy basketball partner of RotoWire. Of course, with daily fantasy, you don't need to spend months micromanaging a roster. Play whenever you want. Pick a new team every time you play. Challenge your friends in a custom league to prove you're the superior GM or square off against basketball fans from around the country for big prizes. All you have to do is go to DraftKings.com now and enter promo code ROTOHOOPS, R-O-T-O-H-O-O-P-S, to play for free. That's promo code ROTOHOOPS at DraftKings.com. Nick? Well said. Let's talk a little Team USA. So we got got trivia coming up after this, but Team USA finalists for the 2016 Olympics. Uh, that is the 30 players that are going to be invited to training camp, which I believe is still is it in Vegas that they do this um, this summer. So the Olympics are in Rio. And this is basically, you know, if you, you've probably seen the list by now, basically who you expect. Damian Lillard is one of the one of the guys left off. We'll talk about him in a second. There are a couple others you can make a case for. But for the most part, you know, Team USA pretty much got this right. It's not too hard to mess up. And it, and it is cool that... We're, we're more than 10 years removed from the 2004 Olympic disaster. Uh, two straight gold medals for Team USA. And it's to the point now where guys take it personally if they're not invited. And it used to be kind of a, oh, you playing? If you play, maybe I'll play type of yeah. scenario. Now it's, it's, just, it's cool how competitive it is because this camp is really fun to watch. They broadcast it on NBA TV, part of it at least, you know, some of the open portions. And it's the 30 best American players basically going at it. And I don't... You know, there's a lot of people have kind of taken stabs at who's going to make the team. Every year, there's probably seven or eight guys that, barring injury, barring some some reason that they drop out, they're making the team. But those there's usually four or five spots that are somewhat up in the air, and it's it's really really fun to to see how this turns out. So, have you had a chance to take a look at the list? Yeah, I have taken a list, and I just want to say one one quick thing. Um, when you're talking about the coverage, it, it is fun. If we for, I mean, don't forget the Kyrie Irving, Kobe Bryant exchange where they wanted to play one on one and all that good stuff. So that that's always fun to watch. And I will say they usually have a practice squad. And I think me and you, Nick, have talked about this, but it's really a prestigious thing to go up and be the training partners to these guys. Uh, notable training partners over the last few years: Gordon Hayward, Paul George, and they've really vaulted their career. I think Paul Millsap was even on that. List. Oh, it's Maybe. basically the B B. B B slash C list players, but some the, college players. Yeah, and the cool thing is that they they look at it as, as a personal challenge. Like this is you know I'm I'm facing the best talent. I'm learning from them, but also I'm kind of letting them know I'm on the rise too. And so yeah, it's a collection of the best the USA has to offer. Um, that being said, uh, why is Iguodala and Harrison Barnes on this list? Well, Iguodala was on the Olympic team in 2012. I understand, I understand, but then why? Let's just have let's just bring Kyle Korver back too. He's not on this. He list. wasn't on the Olympic team though. You, he has been in in the past though, as a three point specialist. On uh, what team? He's been he's on, on the, the he's on the world championship team. That's totally different. Uh, okay, sorry, I'm I'm not going to be good. I at think you're confusing him with which. Michael Red, who is on the <laughs> the 08 team. Yeah, I'm not going to be good with the Olympics world champions. FIBA yeah, events. and it is tough because one, they wear the exact same uniforms, and it's basically the same tournament, and there is some overlap. You know, some guys uh, try to think of examples uh, like Harden. I think played in on the 2012 Olympic team and then also played on the the world championship team. Mm-hmm. Kyrie was the MVP of the world championships two summers ago. Um, and that, I mean, that team 
was the, pretty the stacked. FIBA World Championships, right? right? FIBA okay. FIBA is not the same as as the Olympics. Just just so that's clear, and it is very confusing because you know Paul George was on that team. That's when the the injury that's in caps happened, uh, which is one of the just grossest things I've ever seen in my life. Um, so yeah, it, it can be a little bit hard to keep them straight. Uh, a lot of the guys, you know, Melo, LeBron, Kobe, CP don't play in the championships. You know, the top top dogs usually sit that out and. I think that's partially by choice. It's, you know, if they wanted to play, they certainly could, but it's also a nice way for Team USA to kind of free up some spots and say, you know, you guys take this take this summer off. It gives gives them a chance to take a look at some of these other guys. So, looking at this list, I'm not going to read them all because it's 30 players. Um, let's go through and look at some of the guys I think we think are locks. So, so we're essentially going to name all Stop me. Well, I'm going to name the guys I think are locks and okay. you stop me. Uh, if you don't think this uh, player I name is a lock. And we're going to assume for the argument's sake that everyone's healthy and everybody's willing to play. And the final roster is just 12 players. 12 players. And there's no, there's no, kind of, there's no real guidelines. It's not like the all-star team where you're required to have this many of each position. If they wanted to bring 12 guards, they technically could. But, you know, so we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it in, with regard to how we think they'll build the team. We just took a look before, before recording here at the 2012 team and – they were really, really shallow at the center spot. So I think, I think personally, they're going to try to make sure that doesn't happen again. Obviously, they end up winning gold, but wasn't maybe quite as dominant uh, as you might expect. And hats off to Spain because I mean they've been just as, if it wasn't for Team USA, Spain would be the team that's that's kind of rolling everybody. Definitely. Um, so Kevin Durant, he's a lock. Keep Russell going. Westbrook, Chris Paul. Um, keep going. Kawhi Leonard. Yes, sir. I was going to say Dwight, but uh, um, we'll, we'll is, wait on him. I think he is a lock, but we just don't know if he's going to play, if he's going to be healthy. What, or he whatnot. looked so good last night. I wish we could talk more about that. Did you see his line? Uh, I, I, like 34 I and 26. Game, I actually didn't look at 34 and 26. Well, welcome back. He was nasty. Yeah, it that's was crazy. Why, that's why he still has massive value He'd, in this league. I just haven't. I can't remember a time seeing him run the floor like he did last night. Even if he didn't get a rebound, it was just sprinting back and forth. It looked like he was in great shape, jumping at everything. Hey, he he's the type of guy apparently, and I, I've been wrong about this to hide injuries like tearing your you know ligaments in your knee, and so you never know if he's dealing with something like that or what kind of Dwight you're going to see. But the stat line from last night, master like, disguiser of injuries, master disguiser of injuries. <laughs> He's secretly been playing with broken legs since his rookie year. Thirty-six um, and twenty-six. I mean, that's why he's on this this list that we're talking about right now, and that's why he's considered one of the best centers. All right. So back to locks. Durant. We have Durant. We have Leonard. We have Westbrook. Are you in on CP? Yes, I am. The thing about him, I'm looking at this as like they're not going to cut Chris Paul. If Chris Paul wants to play, Chris Paul is going to play. Exactly. Coach K is the coach of this team. Coach K loves Chris Paul. Chris Paul loves Coach K. This is if, he's going to be on the team. He'll be. A, Third term Olympian. It's part of the reason why Damian Lillard didn't make it because there's sure. some other good point guards. So. That's the thing. The point guard's so deep. Um, so we have those four. LeBron, if he if he he's the ultimate. If he wants to play, he's playing. Uh, I think James Harden's still a lock even after this tough yep. year. He was so good on that last team. Coach K likes him. Anthony Davis, just because he's versatile. Yes. Even though, I mean, and, and that, need, I don't. I feel like I shouldn't even have to defend that. Like Davis. Yeah, and they need front court depth, just like you said. Curry. Yes, of course. So that's eight. Those guys are concrete locks to me, and those are the only locks I really think. Did we include Howard? No. Okay. That's not including Howard. Um, so let's look at the big men first. I think that'll be kind of the easier way uh, to break this down. So the big men on this roster, and I'm looking at guys that you'd consider true power forwards and centers, so we're not counting KD or LeBron. Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, both of the Clippers, LaMarcus Aldridge, uh, Kevin Love, 
Dwight Howard, Anthony Davis, DeMarcus Cousins, Andre Drummond, and Kenneth Fareed. So Fareed's out. We'll Fareed eliminate him. Got long gone, baby. Fareed is definitely out. I think from this group you go Griffin and Cousins. I think it's Griffin for sure, and I've seen a lot of lists that leave off Blake Griffin. I think it's easy to forget how good he was before this injury that yeah, has kept him out right he's now. Great. I don't know about DeAndre. No, 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 no. Let's say let's say you can keep one of DeAndre Drummond and Howard, or two of DeAndre Drummond, Howard, and Cousins. Which two? Well, Cousins, and I'm gonna go with Drummond. I'm just gonna so basically ha- it's Drummond or Howard. Yeah, I'm just going to go, you know, like he did put up a good line last night, but you know what, let's just look towards the future. Howard has been so wishy-washy about this, you know, in years past that I think let's just let's just lock on Drummond and go with it. It's not like we're making You can't go make, wrong. The thing is that we're not making make or break decisions if we're going to win or not. And I, yes, I did say we. I am an American citizen. Whoa, what? Yeah. Wow. So um, we have two more spots then. Sure. Sure, we do. And that's where things get really tough because you know, do you roster an extra point guard? Do you, you know, bulk up on the wing? So that's when you look to guy, you know, the shooting guard position is where you're still a little bit thin here. Well, let me just stop you right there. Paul George from the rest of the guys left, lock. I think I think he was a you lock. You think he's been good enough? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yep, I, I think he's in this team. I mean, he the guy broke his leg for this. He's He's going to be back. Yeah, that's true. I so mean, that he, means we have one more spot left. He would have been, yeah, it's important to remember, he would have been an absolute shoe-in before that, and he's been basically 2013-14 Paul George yep. so sure um okay this is so tough it's as tough so as I thought Clay it would be Clay Thompson Draymond Green I think are are the two leading candidates Kyrie I mean we know coach K loves Kyrie and again he was the MVP of that world championships team and it's it's, it's gonna be fun yeah I know right it's, it's like you're talking about cutting guys who are arguably top 10 players LaMarcus Aldridge well the yeah the best part is that Clay Thompson pronounced himself the best shooting guard in the league, and he might not even make the USA roster. Right. Um, um, so here's guys that we're looking at in the backcourt, at least. We'll keep Iguodala off, even though I think he has a shot. They usually like to keep one or two spots kind of reserved for a veteran type of guy, a veteran no. defender. Please no. uh, we've seen Jason Kidd be on this team before. Um, Kobe Bryant kind of held that role in the last in the last team USA go around and he was actually really good I mean he, he kind of won them a game and a half basically with the way that he that he commanded the ball Kyrie Jimmy Butler Clay Thompson Draymond Green John Wall let's say you got to pick two of those five where do you go we're not quite ready on Draymond yet you know All right because there's still that fear that he might not he might only be good in the system he is first of all he is the system I think he's gonna make it though I think he's he's do a guy that so? I think he will because when you put these guys there's uh, you know, a couple weeks of camp while they basically compete for these spots. Mm-hmm. Is there anyone that you would like rather bet against than Draymond? Or no, I don't know what the right. I think I might have phrased that incorrectly. I would not want to bet against Draymond Green when he's in a situation like this with this, with five or six available spots. I just think he's like he'll do what it takes to make sure he gets on that roster. I completely agree with you. He's the type of player where he's so well respected around the league by all coaches and college coaches too. So. I think if we're looking at a resume, he still needs one more year of what he's doing to qualify for this, which could happen. But I think if if you're trying to collectively put the best team together, he would be on it, on a 12 team. I think he's kind of the ultimate wild card type of player for this team, for the Olympic type of play where you can say you can guard four spots, basically, three and a half spots. He is really good, but you know what? 
I don't. Can he shoot the three as good as Kevin Love? No. You gotta remember that is, the line are, is closer in international play. Yeah. Are Are they gonna give be giving him the ball at the top of the key and letting him distribute it? Probably not. Maybe so. though. We'll see. And I think he, if he does make the team, he's the next guy in line that we look at as using Team USA to, you know, kind of catapult to superstardom. And then we've yeah. seen guys do it. You know, every year you hear whether it's just training camp or the World Championships or the Olympics. There's always one or two guys. Last year it was DeMarcus Cousins and Kyrie who really, mm-hmm. you know, you hear rave reviews all around. These guys were great the whole camp. Everybody loved them. Sometimes it Draymond could out. be that guy. Kawhi Kenneth, could be that guy. Yeah, Kenneth Fareed didn't Fareed, really work out yeah. the last couple of years. Had some injuries, just maybe was not that good. Um, and there were there were other injuries. I forget. Like, Fareed probably deserved to be on that team. I and mean, he had a good year and he had a great camp. But there were some other guys that – I think I think Love was hurt for some reason at that point, and Dwight was hurt. Yep, and you said were... it; the front court was was shallow. So sure. names we left off: Gordon Hayward, uh, yep. Mike Conley, Brad John Beal, John Wall. Beal's out of this. Like, are they, is he even going to be allowed to play? I was really surprised. He was the biggest surprise on this list to me, just because I don't know what medical staff would say. Yeah, this is a really good idea. You need to go play for an extra month. Yeah, and he let it slip that he thinks he's going to be on a minutes restriction for the rest of his career. Right. That, and just, I think no. his agent might have just quit on the spot after he said that. Um, I Now, Brad Beal is a nice name, young budding talent, but he's almost removed himself from this sure. list. I'm, I would not be surprised if he doesn't come to camp for medical reasons. Not that he doesn't deserve to be here. I don't think he makes it either way. I mean, he was having a nice year before the injury. It just doesn't make sense for him to do this. Yeah, no, Jimmy Butler seals it up 100 times over over Beal in this scenario. Butler's making a, a close case. It. I think he was coming into the season, if it's, if this was the same list you were looking at, I think he would be not an obvious cut, but he, you wouldn't really have a problem cutting him. Now, if it, what if it comes down to Butler or Paul George for that final oh, shooting guard spot? Oh, you know, my, Paul George. They go George. They go George. You don't break your leg for nothing. I, and I it's mean, important to remember Butler doesn't have – he didn't play in the World Championships. Right. He hasn't played in the doesn't Olympics. Have a track record. And so, that, that does matter because the coaching staff is all the same. And I'm not saying they're picking favorites by any means, but – if you've dealt with guys in the past and they've played well for you, you you know they you would seemingly have a leg up. Last player that's on this thirty list that we didn't mention, Rudy Gay. This might be the last time he's ever on a list like this. I would. Yeah, think. he he was so good for them in the championships too. So yeah. it's funny to it's funny to see him on here because he kind of stands out as like a whoa what like this guy, this guy's on it. Um, so no, he's not going to make it. Uh, but but yeah, I think he kind of earned his way with the way he played in the World Championships and how versatile he was. I think he kind of earned his way back back to this before we jump into trivia and whatnot um without knowing national eligibility to a t biggest snub off this list the first player that comes to my mind without looking at anything would be kyle lowry that's fair yeah I, you, especially I mean, you would say that kyle lowry deserves it more so than drozen i think you can make that argument yeah i think that's i think that is fair and it, that's interesting because um mike conley's on this list and you would right you know, Conley is has been a, a Team USA guy in the past. He's been in camps before. Um, so that, I mean, he's, I think Kyle Lowry's a better player than Mike Conley. You do have to remember that these are, like when they put these initial pools together, when they, they re-kind of reconfigured Team USA before the 08 Olympics, there was such a focus on youth. And I think Kyle Lowry being a late developer impacted that i don't i don't have it in front of me right now but i don't think he was initially included in like the large pool of players that they started to kind of narrow things down from because at the time one he wasn't that good and two he was just a little bit older so i think they saw him as yeah this guy's really good but by the time he's good enough he'll be 30 31 and then you know does he even want to play in the olympics at that age do we want him 
Um, no, you're right. So you're yeah, right that's that. that's definitely if you're if you were just choosing like right now, yeah, of course he probably deserves to be in there. But I think the the way the process worked out, time wise, just wasn't right for him. Dwayne Wade noticeably not on this list. Okay, fine with uh, that. No, sure, but I mean he just seems like a guy that, I mean, same draft as Melo and LeBron, same Olympic pedigree mm-hmm. as those two guys. Uh, interesting that he. I'm assuming this was his choice. Wait, is Melo not on this list? Nope, Melo's on it. Oh, okay. I think he appears if you're looking at the same one. I'm. He's in the header as one of the headline guys. Oh, yep, yep, yep. Those Melo has been awesome in the Olympics. Yeah, he plays fantastic. his best basketball in the Olympics. I hope he gets on the roster. I think he will if he wants it. Reggie Jackson, you can maybe make a no, case for. No, not eh, yet. You know, not um, now if 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 Lillard is not going to be in there, then he can't quite go Reggie Jackson. Sure. The Lillard thing. But is I agree. Odd. He's on his he's on his way up. Um, Wiggins. If if oh he's not American. I don't oh. know. I don't know. What I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> that seems like an obvious well, one. If yeah, he. Probably I don't know would. about Carl Towns. I think he's played for the Dominican Republic in the past. Yeah. No, Towns is from the Dominican. Sure. Republic. So he's out. So well, here's traitor. Yeah. <laughs> what um um, I mean you there's a long history of adding one college player to this sure. list. So, but I guess we're not doing that, or do they do that later on? They don't have to do that. That's that's simply a. It was a tradition, though. Somewhat. I, well, they, they had Anthony Davis, and right. then like I think the like, best case is um, Leitner back in the day. Leitner is the best. They best certainly don't. There wasn't any college player on the 08 team. Like they don't. I wouldn't say they strive to do that. It's not like they are looking to say let's just invite this college guy. It's tradition. I think it's Davis was that good. First of all, coming out of Kentucky when he was on the team um, in, in 2012. I think, I mean, was that going to lead into who would it be if there was a college player? Oh, yeah, most definitely. What, so It what, would have to be Ingram, right? But I don't know if they necessarily need him. Davis, they pulled up because Dwight was hurt, and there were, just weren't that many good centers at the time. Tyson Chandler was your starting center on that team, and they pulled up Davis because he was literally better than the other options, I think. And if you're screaming at your speakers right now saying Ben Simmons, he's Australian. Go, right. go check it out. His his accent is actually very subtle as well. But if yeah, you I mean he's spent. Closely, he's, he's not like I mean he's from Australia technically, but he's his dad is American yeah. and played in Australia and right. he went to high school in the U.S. He does have an Australian accent though, if you listen closely. Yeah. Anyways, I yeah you so gotta say not, Ingram, yeah. and if you're gonna say that, you say okay, we're not doing it this year then. Essentially, but it, when you look at this list, it's, it doesn't make as much sense as it with Davis or even Leitner. Leitner is one of the best players in college basketball history, if not the best right. player. It, so Leitner, sure, and that I mean that sounds crazy, but he literally might have been if you take into account longevity and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean the Davis thing is interesting because it was cool to see that because at the time he really wasn't that big of a star, you know, and it was it was and I was, was low on him too, and so really? I, yeah, no, I was low on him coming. He was just so skinny. He was, so and he, yeah, it's funny to look back because he he doesn't even look the same as he did on that team back when he had the short hair and, and like you said, he was minus what forty pounds at that point, probably. Yeah, yeah, no, no. So yeah, I mean, those we can only come up with a couple off the top of our head that look like snubs. I know Drew Holiday has been a Team USA camp guy in the past, but the injuries with him, it's it's kind of not really realistic. Um, Frank Kaminsky, Where noticeably at, absent. Bro? Kemba, uh, you just went for fifty the other day. But I think they did a pretty good job. I think Lillard's the big one that you really look at, and it's you know point guard so strong that we're talking about maybe cutting Chris Paul, and I just don't think it would have been realistic anyway. So, yeah, I mean, there's no you can add. I mean, they could expand the pool to forty, and then there wouldn't be snubs. But these guys would just end up getting cut anyway. Yep, fair enough, fair enough. Good talk on that. All right, so trivia. But before that, uh, do you need a website by chance? I actually am looking into that for an unrelated Rotowire reason that I will not bring up or publicize on this podcast. 
Well, now I'm intrigued. But if that is actually the case, why not do it yourself with Wix.com? No matter what business you're in or what kind of weird, shady dealings that you're up to on the internet, Wix.com is something for you. It's used by more than 75 million people worldwide. Wix makes it easy to get your website live today. You need to get the word out about your business uh, or your drug dealing empire. It all starts with a stunning website with hundreds of designer-made, customizable templates to choose from, the drag-and-drop editor. There's no coding needed. I know you're not much of a, a coding wizard. Uh, you don't need to be a programmer or a designer to create something beautiful. You can do it yourself with Wix.com. Wix empowers business owners to create their own professional websites every day. When you're running your own business, you're bound to be busy, probably too busy to be worrying about your budget, too busy scheduling appointments, too busy building a website, basically too busy to do any of these kind of things. And because you're so busy, it has to be easy. And that's where Wix.com comes in. With Wix, it's easy and free. Go to Wix, that's W-I-X.com today. Start your own website. The result is stunning. All right, Nick. So uh, new installment of trivia. Of course, it is my turn to ask you the questions. Is there really going to be a cliffhanger? You have this, you need a website. You're not going to say what it's for? Um... It's nothing for anything illegal whatsoever. I just okay, uh, that's what somebody that's what somebody who's doing something illegal would say. All right. I'll, well, now I have to say something. <laughs> me and a friend. Basically, it's, yeah, you're either you're either doing something illegal. Oh, or, yeah. Now I have to come out clean. Me and yeah. a friend, uh, you know, just notice that there's not a lot of tennis podcasts. A lot of uh, the uh, the culture around. So tennis. your Twitter bio isn't just a joke. No, it's not a joke. Okay. That's a real well, thing. I always thought that was just a clever. Like nod to tennis. No, no, no. Me and a buddy are gonna do kind of a like a cultural take on tennis in the. Very uh, cool. Yeah, there is a void there. So uh, yeah, I didn't want to do that on this podcast, but uh, obviously I'm not dealing drugs. I'm sure there's that clear. Okay, well, it probably would have been a pretty bad idea to set up a website to deal drugs anyway. So (laughs) glad we got that out of the way. Um, No, that'll be cool. I'm sure there's some crossover here. So go listen to DJ's tennis podcast. That's exactly what I didn't want to do, but while we're doing it, yeah, no, that's all right. follow that's me all on right. Twitter to find that out. All right, Nick, so we I've got a few questions here. Um, one noticeable thing from this that we're not going to do this week, at least. Uh, no alma maters this time around. Uh, I don't want to say that we've beaten that to death because I think that's the hallmark of this segment, but I, I do have some more interesting questions here. Um, I'm taking this as you being scared, but sure. Well, take it how you want. That's that's probably an accurate way to look at it, though. Uh, I'm just so tired of looking foolish on this podcast, or, or sounding foolish, I should say. All right, let's jump into it. Who is the record holder for most in each category during a single game? These are just so tough. Okay, so points. Are we counting Wilt? Of course we are. Okay. Because there's still, you know, eras, whatever. Yeah, no. The the uh, I'm trying to look back at the dates here. Uh, this particular one, um, well, 1960 is the oldest. So that's Wilt's hundred. Well, okay. this happened. So 100 points, Wilt Chamberlain. Yes, March 2nd, 1962. In that particular game, the Warriors played up the Warriors. 169 to I'm, I mean, I'm more concerned with, like, do you know who did? Sure, sure. I don't really care about the number as much. Most rebounds ever. What? Can you give me a year just so I can kind of ballpark 1960, it? 1960, November oh. 24th, nineteen sixty. Is that also Wilt? It was Wilt Chamberlain. 55 by Wilt. Um, that's Warriors that's probably not going to be broken anytime soon. No, definitely. Dwight had a massive career performance last night and didn't even get halfway to that. Exactly. Yeah, no, that, it's going to be a tough one. Um, assists in a game. I think you know this one. 
Orlando Magic head coach Scott Skiles. Yes, sir. Thirty. He, he had thirty December thirtieth, nineteen ninety. Magic, who he's playing for, went up against the Nuggets. The Nuggets seem to be on the losing end of a lot of these things. So so far, we have Knicks, Celtics, Nuggets. We'll keep track. Uh, most steals in a game. Let me remind you, we never started counting steals until nineteen eighty five. Okay. Most steals in a game. Let's see. John Stockton? Great guess. Um, no. What conference did he play for during this t- game? He played for the 1999 New Jersey Nets. 1999 New Jersey Nets. Um, is Jason Kidd there yet? Um, no, that seems too early. Nope. I don't the only name that's like streaming to mind is Keith Van Horn. When I think late nineties Nets, you have the I don't correct think it was him. team. You have the correct team. He was on. He was a starter along with this other guy when when this happened. It was eleven steals in one game. Kendall Gill. Yes, sir. All right. Nice guess. Okay. That's awesome. Yes. Nice. Uh, happened April third, nineteen ninety nine, against the Heat. The starting five for the Nets was Gill, Keith Van Horn, Kerry Kittles. Willie Cunningham and your ma- and your boy Stefan Marbury. Stefan Marbury. Okay, he was going to be my next guest, but he just never seemed like he was that much of a hound defensively to get twelve. <laughs> uh, there were twelve other players that have had ten steals in a game. So, but Gill is wow. all alone with eleven. Um, so obviously there haven't been that many triple doubles or double doubles even with oh. with steals. What about blocks in a game? And let me remind you once again, nineteen eighty five is when we started counting these, or at least that's when Basketball Reference counts, starts to count them. Great guess, um, and you're right, because there's actually uh, – he did it twice, and he had 15. There's one other player that got 15 in a game. Sean Bradley? Great guess. I think he did 13 or Ooh. 14. What what year? Uh, late 90s. I don't have the years on the rest of these, sorry. Ooh. Or not quite. Alonzo Mourning? No, it's a good guess. Very big name. Olajuwon? Uh Ewing? Rodman? No, no, no. I love the look on your face, this by the way. I don't often like, see this look on your like, face. No, you're wrong. <laughs> um, what team? Lakers. Shaq? Shaq? Shaq got 15. Oh, wow. So Shaq got 15 in the game, and uh, Bowl got 15 twice. I think Bowl also did 14 three times or something. I wasn't ridiculous. thinking Shaq at first. I was like, it's some hockey walker. I don't know if he had that many. <laughs> it can't be 15. That seems like a lot. <laughs> Uh, so most turnovers in the game again, 1985. Jason Kidd. Yes, sir. How many? That I don't know. I've looked this up for some reason over the summer, and I remember it being Jason Kidd. He is like, like many of the top. If you look at like the top 20 most turnover games, like he appears on there. I think more than anyone else. Yeah. No, I think he. How many he was it? 12 or 11? 14. 14. 14. Which I 14. Moutier's had a couple. He's had nine, some clunkers. Nine, I think Westbrook. Westbrook's done Westbrook it. Cousins has Cousins, I think, has had three double-digit turnover games since the start of last season. It seems like this is a very breakable record. Like tomorrow, this could be broken. Yeah, it's it, it, the thing with it is it has to be a superstar to do it because anyone else would be out of the game exactly. before you can get to even like yep. eight. You're exactly right. Um, all right, moving along. I so, like this one. This is a great question. Yeah, uh, name all the Nicolas in the league. Do you not? Can you just tell me how many there are so I can check them off as we go? There are four, believe it or not. Okay, let's see. Pekovic. Yes, sir. Vucevic. We we'll get the big two out of the way. Yep. Miritich. Yep. Uh, I almost said Stauskas. <laughs> Nicholas. Nicholas. It could be short. Stauskas. 
Nikola Pekovic, Nikola Miritich, Nikola Vucevic, and Pekovic. Oh, no, I already said Pekovic. (laughs) The name I'm looking at right now. Um, While you buy Jokic? Yes, sir. That's it. All four. All right, there we go. Uh, that is, I'm glad you liked that question. That's my favorite question I've asked and maybe will. And rightfully so. That that was very well done. Um, number three, which NBA arena has the most and which has the least capacity? Is United center of the most? No, it's, it's high up there. I think that's one of the few that have at least 20,000, but it is not the most. I was surprised. I'll say this. I was surprised by both of these answers. Is Cleveland up there? Cleveland, I think, uh, also has 20,000s, but it's not huh. the most. Dallas? Nope. I I don't know. These are, They're all so close. You know, in the NFL and college football, you get so much variation where you can... So, uh, yeah, I'll say this. The The lowest one is 16,800. The, the biggest one is 21,100. So there's not really much variability there whatsoever. You're right. Barclays? No, Barclays is actually one of the smaller ones. It OKC? only has 17,000. No, OKC is right in the middle with 18. Huh. I don't know. The Palace of Auburn Hills holds the most um, most seating. That would have been very low on my list. Yeah, I was, I was very surprised. So 21,165. The least? Uh, yeah, so what is the least? Again, I had no idea whatsoever. For some reason, you'd think there's correlation... Between like, the teams, you know, yeah. Lakers, Knicks would have the most, but clearly that's not the case. Um, least, what, Smoothie King? Yes, sir. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I have been in there one time, and I remember thinking it was very small, but, it, I mean, probably not in – it probably doesn't look that much smaller than right. the Bradley Center or a place like that. 16,867, which is which is no slouch considering the top to bottom is less than 4,000 difference than what is that. Sure. You know, one which is still kind of a lot, though, considering most buildings look – the same for the most part, yes. you know, setup it's wise, true. like 4,000 seats is kind of a lot. Yeah, no, you're right. I think it's a difference between a, mm-hmm. a middle like ring around yeah. and not having one essentially. Sure. I will say on TV, the United Center always looks the biggest. So that was what my first guess was as well. Um, moving along, we're going to keep it with arenas. Uh, do the, uh, does the Clippers or the Lakers seating arrangement at the Staples Center hold more people? This is another really good question because – I would have just assumed that they were the same. Although they do do a lot of switching of banners and things like that. Mm-hmm. Well, not really. I think I think all the Clippers do is hang a cloth over the banners. They don't actually move them around over over the. Well, Lakers they banners. yeah they drape big supersized photos of CP and Blake and DeAndre over the Lakers assortment of banners. Yeah. Um, I would say I'm going to say the Clippers holds more because I'm going to guess that the Lakers dedicate more to luxury and courtside stuff. Yes, sir. Good guess. Uh, it's only, let me do the quick math, 63 more seats. Oh, wow. But you are right. Do you know That's where right. that comes from? Not, not, okay. not whatsoever. Sorry. Hmm. My, That's my, interesting. The extent of my research is not going to go that far. But I, I kind of do want to find out. If you know, hit us up on Twitter. It'll be Please. in the show notes. If you happen to work as an usher for, for the Clippers <laughs> yes. or the Lakers. I, I thought that maybe the banners hung down low or something like that. You got more banners, but 63 seats, I think, might be... Like they're hanging so people can't see at the top? <laughs> I don't know. Your mind goes to weird places. Yeah, I don't know. 63 is such an odd number, too. Yeah. Literally is an odd number. I don't know. So uh, 19,060 for the Clippers, 18... Do the math. 18,997 for the Lakers. Please do the math for me because yeah. I cannot do the math. <laughs> All right, a couple of rapid-fire ones here. What Olympics... Swimming. 
Yes. What Olympic sport did Tim Duncan participate in while growing up in St. Croix before playing basketball? You said it's swimming. Do you know the origin behind him moving over to basketball from swimming? This is a story I've heard before. Obviously, I didn't. I was not just a lucky guess. It would have been a very random guess. Yeah. I don't know. It's something about you just get too big for swimming. <laughs> Couldn't fit in the pool. Uh, <laughs> no, that's not the hey, case. Swimming in like a, like a six-foot so, pool. So, again, I'm only doing a limited amount of research here because i got a lot of stuff to do. But the story goes, uh, hurricane hit St. Croix. It ruined the only pool that he had to swim in. He was deathly afraid of swimming in the ocean. So to stay fit while he didn't have a pool, he picked up basketball. And, of course, huh. the rest is history. Sure is. All right. Very interesting. Um, number six, where did Ron Artest oh, apply for a part-time job the summer before his rookie season with Chicago in 1999? Mm. I will say really he didn't ultimately didn't work here because the Bulls stepped in and said, Some sort of no. smoke shop or <laughs> a downtown liquor store. <laughs> I don't know. McDonald's? Circuit City. Circuit City. Yeah. So Shout out to Circuit City. Apparently he had a friend that worked at there, and he just thought it would be fun. The huh. Bulls stepped in and said, you're not working at Circuit City. So essentially, He must have been crushed. So going back to Frank, it'd be, a, you know, Frank got drafted by the Bobcats and decides to go work at Best Buy the summer before. It just makes no sense whatsoever. No, I. why would he even... He just, like, th- he just thought it would be fun. Yeah, I... I'm not shocked, I guess. Employee discount is another. Uh, yeah, Circuit City, not a lot of foresight there by, by old Ron. Right. <laughs> I guess, you know, I mean, Circuit City was, Circuit City's been off the, off the radar for a while now, at least in Wisconsin. No, that's, that's, I think that's a worldwide thing, hmm. um, at least in Oklahoma. So, yeah, definitely worldwide. We can confirm in the states of Oklahoma and Wisconsin there are not Circuit Cities. I shouldn't even say Oklahoma. Just 71st Street, Tulsa, Oklahoma, that's okay. all I can go. That's as huh. far as I can go. If, if Tulsa, Oklahoma doesn't have it, I don't know what city would. Number seven, what rare medical phenomenon does Randy Foy deal with? <laughs> um, phenomenon. So it's not really a disease? Right. Phenomenon is the perfect noun to describe this because phenomenon. obviously he's not lacking in, in physical performance. Well, um, let's see. Phenomenon. He did get his eye poked out once, didn't he? Does that have something to do with this? No. Um, hmm. Rare medical phenomenon. I've never noticed like an extra limb. He, he has two arms and two legs, as far as I'm aware, right? Yeah. Um, You're never gonna get this, so I don't. Okay, I, what is I feel it? like I should cut you off. Situs inversus. Never heard of it before. Situs. So something is upside down, right? Very good use of the Latin root word. Uh, so reading off Google, an uncommon condition in which the heart and other organs of the body are transposed through the sh- sagittal plane to lie on the opposite So side his heart is on his... the right side? Exactly. No way. Yeah. That's cool. It's crazy. Hmm. I, I think the heart is really the only thing that I can think of unless... Well, I mean, like your liver, I guess. Oh, would that, right. Would that be on the other side and like... I don't know. I don't know like I, your I kidneys, like, are like, is your left living, kidney like actually your right kidney, or does it really matter? I, I don't know. Hmm. We'll have to ask we'll have him to about ask that him. one day. Exactly. Yeah, um, I'm surprised he hasn't got more questions about that. Yeah. 
Hmm. You all right with your mic there? You're really getting into it. You're I just want to relax, you know, trying to make sure <laughs> that the to, mic is close trying enough. Trying to lean back. Yeah, yeah um, I'm tired. You're going to end up on the ground with the mic. I was up, I was up of... late watching that, that Rockets-Clippers game. It sucked me in. I almost went to bed at 11.30 when Clips were up 20, and you know, all of a sudden, an hour and a half later, here we are. You're very stand-up comedian right now. You're just kind of like wiggling around with I the need, mic in Yeah, I need to detach this mic and just kind of hold it and... <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're almost done here. Um, what is the deal? Airline <laughs> food. Which active player has played the fifth most NBA or ABA games? You can combine them together at 1,460. What is this? Um, what do you mean? This is a perfectly the legitimate fifth most? question. Like, that's so arbitrary. Um, so well, okay, sorry. So I mean of all time. So he is the number one uh, active player who's played the most games oh. right now. Okay. Sorry oh, I didn't see you wrong. say active player. Okay, that makes a lot more sense. Oh, um, okay. yeah. Sorry. So he's he's first among active players. Yes. Okay. Okay. That okay. was sorry. Okay. I, I worded that terribly. Sure. First sure. among um, active players, fifth of all time. Duncan. Good guess. KG. Uh, KG. Yes. Okay. So funny thing, he's fifth most games played, but he's actually third in minutes behind Kareem and Malone. Uh, Robert Parrish is first with 1,611 games. Now, bonus question here. You already named Duncan, so that's oh, one. Uh, can you name the other 11 active players in the top 100 for most games played? So, Duncan, you knocked him off. He's 11th of all time. So, you have 10 more. 10 more. Um, okay, so it's, I'm going to keep a little list here. Duncan, Kobe. Yes, Kobe is 14th. So right now you're going in order. That'd be cool if you could do it that way. Sure. Uh, th- I have no guarantees. Pierce? Yes, Pierce is 21st. LeBron James? No. He's on the top 100. He's not in the really? top 100 quite yet. LeBron, as it stands right now, is still, and I have to scroll pretty far down. Among here. active players, he's not. That's crazy. He's a, wow. 949. So some some notable. Well, I don't want to give anything away, but sure. I will say that I don't want to give anything away. Okay, but he's, no, he's 178th. Okay. Hmm. About Manu Ginobili. Good guess, uh, but no, he's not on this list. He's 226 with 901. Him okay. and Mike Dunleavy had hmm. have played essentially the same amount of games. That seems wrong. I guess we're not including playoff minutes, right? Or are we? Basketball reference, NBA, in ABA, career leaders, and records for games. Hmm. Okay. I think we have to be, right? I don't know. Shoot. I don't know because I like, love it when it because trivia. KG being up there ahead of Kobe, you know, obviously he's a little bit older, but he also played so many fewer playoff games. Um, regardless, what about Dwayne Wade? Actually, no. If LeBron isn't on there, Wade's probably no, not on Wade there. Wade is not on here. Pau Gasol? Nope. Who was left? Uh, <laughs> Pau Gasolina? Uh, Pau Gasolina. I don't even see see him on the list here. That seems crazy. There, there are this many guys that have played more than LeBron. I'm, I'm still shocked about that one. Oh, Pau Gasol is 111. So sorry, you were you were just off. Okay, just off. Sure. Jamal Crawford? Yes, sir. Jamal Crawford is okay. number 86. Yeah, maybe I need to move away from looking at star players. Andre Miller? Yep, 24th. Um, Tayshawn Prince? Tayshawn falls just out of the 100s, 141st. Okay. Dirk? Dirk is 16th. 
Karan Butler? That's a good guess, but he's not on this list. Interesting. Hmm. Definitely active. Mm-hmm. I was trying to think of the oldest players in the league. It's a good route to take. Yeah. <laughs> My mind just keeps going back to Luis Scola. I don't even think he's that old. I, I don't know, man. Can you just go through them? Yeah, definitely. So, um, Paul Pierce, I think you did say him. Andre Millet, Jason Terry is 31st. Oh, Vince of Carter, of course. 33rd. I forgot he was even active. Yep. Joe Johnson, 65th. Wow. Uh, Tony Parker, 95th. We, I mean, we talked so about Parker's on there, but not Ginobili. That's interesting. Yeah. We talked about this earlier. Well, I think Ginobili came over after he'd been in Europe for a little. Or well, so did Parker, though. Oh, yeah, you're right. Uh, we'll have to dig into that. Uh, Tony Parker, 95th. Richard Jefferson, 96th. Um, that was one I thought you were going to regret. Just out no, of the I can't 100, even talk about Richard Jefferson after last night. Yeah, just just out of the 100, um, technically still active. Elton Brand is 102nd. EB. All right. So I, I'm doing some investigative reporting here, and it looks like playoff games were not included in this. Okay. So I apologize for that. So you were you were mostly right about uh, the Spurs guys. Okay. Parker Parker did come over at age 19. He was just playing professionally when he was super young. So he basically he came over early. Ginobili didn't come over until he was 25, and he came over a year later than Parker. So still pretty similar. Um, Ginobili at 23, 861. Parker at 33, 700. So that's quite a few more. I guess Ginobili's been injured, that's and he's true. coming off the bench too. So. I hate it when the trivia ends with like stipulations where. Oops. Oh no, not stipulations. But anyways, I think that was fine. it's it's still a pretty interesting. I I still think the guesses that you guessed and the actual right. list itself are good guesses and it and it makes sense. Yeah, that's a good um, question. That is all I had. Is there any lasting words of wisdom you had for our viewing um, audience? If there's still if we still well, have one at this point in the pod. Well, I asked you last week about the one item of sports memorabilia that you would want. Uh, and did you have a, did you have any more time to think about it, or do we have to revisit it next week? If we have to revisit it next week, that's totally fine. Well, I want this to be a good answer, so and I think you do too. I do too, and I will say we ended on a cliffhanger last week because I wanted the broom from that fight. I did some research, and I was unable to find the, any evidence of that fight whatsoever. Huh. So I'm asking anybody who's listening to this podcast, if you know anything about that fight and can refresh my memory and send me a clip, anything about that fight whatsoever. So my my piece of memorabilia would be that broom. What Can we, ref- for people listening that maybe didn't listen before, what exactly fight are we referring to? See, that's the thing is that I'm not entirely sure. So <laughs> there's an NBA fight. I think it was in the 80s where two guys started brawling, and he ended up, you know, kind of behind the basketball hoop, and he just grabbed the broom. And so, you know, the, the long broom and just kind of took it out to the court and was going to use it as a weapon. And maybe it was a college game. Maybe that's where I'm getting from. I cannot find any evidence whatsoever. I still believe I've seen this multiple times. So hit me up on tw- Twitter, at TrainerDJ. Um, until then, I won't have a good answer until next week. So we'll just continually tease that in, until I actually. Uh, do, yeah, we do need to get to here. the bottom of this. This seems this seems like something that you wouldn't just make up, you know? No, thank you. you. Wouldn't, I appreciate not that. even make up. That's not even the right word. You wouldn't just come up with this. It's a pretty memorable image you would think of somebody charging with a broom. Um, so yeah, if you have any information on this, I'm sure we're just probably searching the wrong things I, or there's some minor detail that's Yeah, and one detail just popped into my mind. I'm pretty sure the announcer in the background says, Oh no, he grabbed the broom. So if that helps you out there, um again, hit me up on Twitter. My Twitter handle will be in the show notes. Sure. I yeah, I'm I'm doing some quick research here and I'm 
not really sure, but we'll we'll get we'll get more into that, uh, and hopefully you guys have some more information or something that we can piece together the mystery of the the fight that that was with the broom. But as always, um, you can listen on rotowire.com. You can listen on Stitcher. You can listen on iTunes, uh, and you can go to rotowire.com slash pod if you're a listener to the podcast, and that'll get you free ten days of trial access to Rotowire and. Even though it's technically a 10-day trial and we deem it that, it's basically 10 days of free premium access with no restrictions. So if you're thinking about signing up for RotoWire, don't want to commit to anything uh, monetarily right away, this is the way to do it because it gives you literally access to everything that you could want on the site for 10 days. If you like it, feel free to subscribe. If not, no big deal. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.